I Love Mortgage Brokering, Episode 79. Where the best mortgage brokers get better. I Love Mortgage Brokering with your host, Scott Peckford. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Graham Reimers, a mortgage broker with DLC Mortgage Excellence. He's based out of Lethbridge, Alberta. He's been a broker for eight years and was recently featured in CMP's 2015 Young Guns. And I'm absolutely stoked for this interview today. Graham, are you ready to rock? I sure am. Awesome. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, I'm uh, 29 years old. Like you said, I had the recent honor of being in the CMP magazine, which was great. I was born and raised here in Lethbridge. So uh, yeah, I've been here uh, with my wife. We've been married for about six years. We don't have any kids. So she lets me do the mortgage business and have fun and focus on that. And been, you know, like you said, broker for about eight years. Loved it for about seven. <laughs> the first year was a bit of a gong show. Uh, mm-hmm. Just getting started, you know, I would have been about 21 years old, so I could barely spell mortgage at that point. It's been good since. Right. And so how did you get into the mortgage business? Because my experience has been most people, you know, in kindergarten aren't like, when I grow up, I want to be a mortgage broker. <laughs> it's kind of something you and you kind of end up here. So what was your path to like eight years ago and 21, yeah. which is pretty young to get into this type of profession? Yeah, I think I was, you know, fairly naive. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into and uh, I didn't really realize it was, you know, a lot of selling. I didn't really consider myself a salesman. I thought I was going to be like a banker and and thought this would be a good, safe job. Didn't really understand, you know, the whole process. I I went through an interview when I first started. You know, I was so nervous thinking that they may fire me a little that I know that they're probably going to accept anyone. You know, anyone that's willing to do sales for their company. (laughs) You're like, exactly. (laughs) You you know what? You totally fit our criteria. You are willing. So... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But uh, to answer your question, my father, he was a financial planner. And so he had this database of clients and he started realizing that most of them had these questions and mortgage concerns or didn't know what to do with it. And so he randomly told me one day once I got back from college and said, if you're not wanting to go back next year, this may be something that you could look into. My, a lot of my clients need servicing. I don't know where to send them. You know, Maybe you'd be interested in doing that. And so that's kind of where it all started. Right. And so then how was that first year? Just out of curiosity, like going from like, cause 21, I, I was going to get in the financial planning industry when I was 21, but I look 15 and, and I realized nobody in their right mind was going to give me their money. So how did, how did you look pretty young? I've seen your picture online. Oh, and man. so how do you, uh, how did you overcome that? Yeah, I don't think I did overcome it. <laughs> that first year was terrible. I, I'm pretty sure I did maybe 1.5 million in volume that first year and lived off of a line of credits. Uh, I pretty much made no money. I thought about quitting, I believe, at least once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. I hated it. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't own a home at that point, so I didn't know how to give advice on it. I think people could tell I could barely grow facial hair. You know, that first that first year was terrible. But uh, there was just something about it that there was still intriguing. You know, the the broker owner of that time that I worked for had built this great business around him and it was clientele that really respected and and he was able to help them. So I kind of still admired that and and knew that, okay, eventually, if I stick this out, I could hopefully get there. And I think that's kind of what pulled me through that first year, but it was a mess. So then uh, just out of curiosity, how was the second year? Like when did did you make the turn or like when, when did it start clicking for you? Yeah, I think year number two is a bit better. I think I probably learned to grow a beard at that point just to be able to hide the, the baby face. Right. In that second year, I believe I did you know, it wasn't a ton of business, but it was just enough to be able to say, okay, I could actually live off this. I'm okay. And then there was just, you know, we've all done it before where you get your first big check. And at that time, you know, it would have been maybe, you know, five, $6,000. And I would have thought, man, you know what, 
all my buddies, let's go out. It's all on me. Every drink, every meal, it's all on me. I just got paid six grand. And yeah. at that time, you think you're the wealthiest person in the world <laughs> because all your buddies are still in college and still students. So I think that was probably what got me going is that year number two, I think I had a couple of good paydays and thought, okay, now I get it. And you were like, you know, uh, this guy with the, with the money with, for all your friends. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Little did they know I was still like crazy in debt from that first year of making no money. <laughs> right. So before we dive into your story, I always like to ask about a success quote that's impacted your life or business. I love how quotes are portable, they're memorable, and yeah. you, they kind of help you stay on track. So can you share a quote that's really had an impact on you? Sure. And you're going to laugh at me, but uh, I jumped on your website here yesterday just to see, you know, kind of what you'd start and what you were creating. And uh, I jumped onto your page saw the Zig Ziglar quote and I thought that was so funny because that's actually the quote I written down um, to be able to share with you because um, when I was a kid I remember my dad him you know he was always reading books and being part of uh, you know personal development and wanting to better his business and himself and he always had that quote you can have everything you want if you just help enough people get what they want you know ever since then I've always printed that off and kind of stuck it on my wall in my office or have a little uh, sticky note, then I'll have that in my car or my wallet, things like that. So actually, that is the exact quote that I've been using for years. Well, you can use it too. I didn't invent it and uh, <laughs> I didn't say it. So it's like, it's all good. So to, can you give me, and I happen, I love that quote. I think it's, you know, part yeah. of where the, this whole podcast has grown from this idea. But so what, um, how have you applied that specifically, that idea or that philosophy recently to your business? I think the best way that I could describe it would be, I wanted to be able to get my clients to a point, and this would be just in recent years, I think I've started to believe that more and more. You know, without my clients, without me being able to help people, really my career is worth nothing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing at the end of the day that's value. I can make good money, who cares? That's really not going to do anything for my my life and my happiness uh, long term. What I wanted to do is create an environment, a culture, a, a business plan that when my clients leave the office, they can be confident in knowing that they've been given the steps and the advice and the mortgage product, you know, if we're talking about specifics, mm-hmm. to be able to set them up for long-term gain and wealth. And I think that was the turning point for me to be able to turn that quote into reality is when my clients leave the door, I want them to be able to brag to all their friends and family saying, I guarantee you that your broker didn't tell you this. Here's right. what they got from me. He told me how that in the next three years, I can buy another property or I can invest into this condo or this duplex or this fourplex or this whatever the investment opportunity is. I want my clients to know what's possible for them. Right. And your dad, is he still in the financial planning business? He is. Yeah. Right. So there's probably some of that is rubbed off on you. So uh, you said that your clients, you want them to leave your office and say, I bet your mortgage broker didn't say this. Give me a, one specific example of something that you would say to a client. Yeah. You know, a perfect example would be I had a client here recently that was, you know, I always have uh, a template that I use. So I just got to a point where, and we probably have all done it, that you're going through, you're uh, you're taking an application, you're writing all their information down, you know, their income and and all this stuff. I wanted to actually do a little bit more specific information that would be allowing me to help them long term. Like how do I create a client for life? So I think it it was out of a business plan and be able to do that where I started realizing that I need to ask more specific questions. Mm-hmm. So I now ask them, you know, what is the, what's the game plan with real estate? And most of them have never even asked that question. They just want to come in, buy their first home or buy their second home and keep theirs as a rental or they don't know how it all works. So it's our job actually to be able to spill and spell this out for them. 
And so that's what I would say a recent question was, client owns a home right now. They are looking at selling their home and buying a bigger house. They have a growing family. So they just had a couple kids and they're now looking at buying a bigger house. And they just assumed that they would have to do, you know, 10, 20% down. Mm-hmm. So I told them, you know what, there's actually this product, which is a rental offset. Have you ever considered buying a house and then keeping yours as a, as a rental property? Have you ever thought about owning rentals and being able to have some passive cash flow? And it was never even a thought in their mind. So I think doing that and explaining, you know, what an extra $200 a month of passive income can do mm-hmm. uh, for your bottom line at the end of the year, what can you do with $2,400 annually? And they say, oh, man, I could afford that family trip that I've been wanting to do. So I think little questions like that mm-hmm. uh, would be a specific example of, of how I want my clients to think differently of saying it's actually more possible than you think to be able to own a rental portfolio of one to five properties one day. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. And I, something you touched on there, which I totally am a firm believer in, is this idea of having a template and a process. And uh, yeah, we, have the I, same, we have the same quote and the same uh, philosophy. So I also want to ask about <laughs> failure because I know talking to successful mortgage brokers, even in entrepreneurs, business owners, failure happens to everybody. It's never yeah. fatal, um, but there's always a lesson in it if you take the time to look back. So can you share something you failed at and then looking back what the lesson was? I'm sure I fail every day, but for a unique, you know, something that would actually be worth telling is one of the guys in the office, a uh, coworker of mine, he's, an, he's a mortgage broker as well, a mortgage associate, and the two of us came up with this idea that how can we create a program of unbiased advice for clients and we could maybe, maybe sell it as a product. And so we thought there would be this fun game plan to be able to offer up advice on how to acquire mortgages, how to get rental properties, how to buy a second home, all these different things. We create it into more of like a membership site. Mm-hmm. And anyways, I thought we were genius. You're like, why hasn't anyone huge... done this before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought exactly that. Like there is no one else doing this. There may be a couple websites that have, you know, tons of information. Every broker has one. Every bank has, you know, a, a list of information and blogs and things like that. But there wasn't really, you know, a one-stop shop. So we actually recorded, I'm going to say 75 videos. This took us 12 months to make. And we built this huge program. We bought into Kajabi and Infusionsoft and all these different things. We actually created a business and, and launched it. Failed huge. Like no one, <laughs> no one wanted it. We tried marketing it. It really didn't have any success, no traction. And I still believe in information businesses. I think that they do work. You know, you see personal development guys all over the place making it happen. But I think what I realize is, Information is so available and so free that as long as you are, if the people are looking for someone they can hold on to and trust and actually walk them through the process rather than giving just another information site because that information is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And even though we set it up really pretty and had different logins and you get a membership, and, but we charged for it, at least we tried to. And I think we had maybe some friends and family sign up for it, but uh, it was a huge failure. I right. still believe in the, I still love the idea. But, uh, you know, the benefit of that or what we learned from it is it was worth the, it, it was worth the expense of taking the time because through those times, like through those videos that we made, 75 videos, let's say they're five minutes each, all giving different specific examples of, of the mortgage process, how to meet with a realtor, how to, how to work with a lawyer, things like that. Once we did all that, it just really defined what we do and it helped me actually pull out the pieces that a client really cares about because there's so many things that we think that they really need to know that they just say, whatever, you know, Graham, just make it happen. Get me a mortgage. See you later. So it actually helped me fine tune what is really important to a client. So even though I spent tons of time and failed huge on this program, lost lots of money trying to create something great, 
I learned what a client really needs to know. And I think that unless you go out and take that step forward to see if this is going to work or not, it, it's worth chucking darts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting. You're talking about some stuff that I bet you most you know mortgage brokers probably never heard of, like Kajabi and Infusionsoft. But definitely in the online marketing space, those yep. platforms are very popular. I would off air. I won't I won't hijack this interview to just chat with you about that. But that's some interesting some stuff that I also find very uh, interesting. So mm-hmm. um, now I also know talking to successful brokers that they have systems and processes. You kind of alluded to this earlier about having a template for your sort yep. of your meetings and stuff. Uh, I want to yeah. ask about on the first on the administrative side. So can you share an example of something maybe that wasn't working on the administrative side for you and a change you made in the outcome that you got? I think the biggest difference was I got to the point, I think everyone does, as your business starts to grow, once you start going over, you know, 10, 15 million, I think that's when you start having a breaking point that you can't remember clients' names all the time or you're thinking, oh man, what, what was that guy wanting? Was he purchasing or refinancing? So I needed to start creating a, a system in place. And so that's when I introduced, uh, or I, I got introduced to Revo. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Auto and you know those, uh, you know GoMax and these different types of dashboard programs that help you track your leads and kind of doing a workflow. Anyways, that would be probably the system that I use uh, every day, and it saved me, uh, saved my clients. <laughs> like now I know who I'm talking to. I can track everything. Um, I'm no longer losing files or forgetting what condition days. Everything is tracked. So I think RevoDoc would be the thing that I've recently implemented and it's been huge for me. Right. And so why, just out of curiosity, because like you had already mentioned, there's quite a few other options available. Why RevoDoc? What was the thing that stood out for you on that one? I actually, something similar to what we're doing right now is it's nice hanging out with different brokers and just tossing ideas back and forth. But I went to a Scotiabank function. We were at a, a Calgary Flames game. And I met a guy there in Calgary that had started RevoDoc, which is uh, the owner of it, and his name is Phil. So I'd never met Phil before. He started talking to me about his program. At the time, I was using Auto. To this day, I still love Auto. I still mm-hmm. think it, you know, if you had to choose, if Revo's not for you, you know, make sure you sign up for Auto today. It's going to be a game changer for your business. Automated emails and all those different things that we all want to do, mm-hmm. but don't have time for. So having a program that does it for you is, is huge. And clients really, I don't think they care too much whether it's me typing the email every time or it's just something that's just allowing me to be top of mind. Mm-hmm. And the Revo was it was huge for me because it allowed me to actually tweak it 100%. So it was one of the few programs that allowed me to manage the whole process. And me being a little bit type A, I wanted to have my fingerprints on it. So I, I can actually now write all the messages. I can, And it wasn't too cumbersome. I think I tried different co- companies and different, different software in the past. This was simple enough but also user-friendly enough that I was, I was able to create some templates. There was already pre-templated one in there, but you could just edit them to the way that you wanted to or add images. And, and it kind of went through the exact workflow that I have, which is you bring in a lead, then you have a pre-approval, then it goes to live deal or canceled. So it just fit perfectly with the way that I was running things already, which was you know a little bit hazardous because it didn't, was, it didn't have a full system. But this one kind of went on the same lines that I was already doing, but way better. Right. No, that's cool. So not everybody wants to do that, like you had said. And if you've been dabbling with Infusionsoft and Kajabi, then you're definitely more technological than a lot of our peers. So that's good. So then on, yeah. the, on the sales side then, so is there something on, I always like to ask also about if you have a specific sales process or a marketing strategy that maybe wasn't working as well as you would like, and then a recent change you made in the outcome you got. I think documents were a huge mess for me. And I didn't know how to ask for documents and I didn't know how to put that part of my sales process. And I was so afraid always uh, of asking for, for documents. 
So, I, you know, the first couple of years, maybe even three years, I would do pre-approvals and I wouldn't ask for documents at all. I, you know, I, I would just say, yeah, you're pre-approved, go make an offer, see you later. So my clients would leave that first meeting, you know, pumped. They thought this was the easiest thing they'd ever taken part of. I pre-approved them in the meeting. They went out, made an offer, and they thought, wow, you know, this, this could not be easier. The problem was that, you know, as soon as they make the offer, we all know what happens. Oh, the, yeah, the wheels come get off. job letter and pay stubs and NOAs, and it's just a huge mess after that. And, you know, every client, no one has a perfect situation. There's maybe one out of 50 clients that have the ideal situation where they've been at their job for 20 years and their savings have been there for a year and a half. It hardly ever happens. So mm-hmm. then there's always these huge surprises. So my clients probably hated me because it's really easy up front. And then at the very end, once they make an offer, that five business days for condition day were the most stressful experience of their life. <laughs> so I think that was a huge change for me is that I started asking for documents and that, uh, that helped my sales process and probably got me tons of referrals. I think it does because they start off having to work hard. And I ask for documents right up front. Please get this to me, you know, this week if you can. Uh, so that way when they're shopping for houses and they make that offer, then really it's just a matter of dotting the I's, crossing the T's, maybe getting some void checks, but I have all their income documents ready to go. And, um, and then that, the last moments with me, that five condition days or five business days for conditions are a breeze. Mm-hmm. So I think that'd be a, a recent, yeah, totally. uh, it's good that recent thing that and out. it's helped. Yeah, that's a, extremely helpful for anybody listening that's not doing that shame on you and uh, eventually you'll learn <laughs> that if you want to make the client experience better you're better to make it harder up front and and easier on the back end and um, that's good so yeah. I, I also want to ask about diversifying your income so uh, I've noticed that talking to mortgage brokers that there's kind of two camps that have formed one said just stick with mortgage brokering that's enough and there's another camp that says no you should get share of wallet and you know have other products and services so I just wanted to ask where you mm-hmm. fell which camp you're kind of in and then if you are in the diversifying or, you know, getting other income streams, what are you focusing on right now? Yeah, so for, you know, I, I already told you here a bit earlier that my dad's a financial planner and he still is. So we refer business back and forth quite a bit. So obviously I get leads from him and, and referrals, which is great, and I do the same for him. But not all clients want to have that. And sometimes it takes a while to use a financial planner. So we have mortgage protection plan, MPP, and I sell that, uh, you know, 100% of the time I offer it. And, and then I, you know, will always suggest as well, you know, if you want to meet with a financial planner and do uh, more of a custom game plan for investments and health insurance, life insurance, uh, you know, in order to get something custom for you, I'd always recommend meet with a professional, meet with a planner. Don't just meet mm-hmm. with me as your broker. I'm going to get you this creditor insurance, but there's, there's actually better stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this will be good. So I always offer MPP, and I think that's been a good revenue stream for me. Um, it, it feels also good as a broker. I think you agree as well that knowing your clients walking out the door, if there was an accident or something happens before possession day or shortly after that you've done your part and you actually got them protected. So that's been an easy thing for me. And I actually have, uh, you know, good results on it. I would say most of my clients, over half of them will take some type of insurance from me, mm-hmm. whether it's either from my financial planner that I recommend or from MPP. The other thing that I use for cross-selling is I hooked up with a company that does online insurance, um, like car insurance and house insurance sales. And all my clients need to have house insurance by the time they get to the lawyer. And I'd always be forgetting anyways mm-hmm. to tell and give them a heads up and tell them, you know, when you get to the lawyer, they're going to need to see proof of your binder saying that uh, you have house insurance. 
So I just made it part of my process once again, and it's it's actually you know a workflow checkbox that I actually have to check off on MPP and also uh, for house insurance. Mm-hmm. And I found a company that was willing to pay me for referrals, and it's been great. Is that they <clears throat> they pay the office, and so it all gets uh, managed uh, administratively and accounted for. But yeah, they they will pay for leads, and they just do all the work. I send you know, some basic information, let's say the MLS and and some basic application stuff and I ask for their consent to do that. And once that gets sent over, someone from that insurance office gives them a call, offers them house insurance, whether they take it or not, at least, you know, that part of it's covered. So those would be two things that I've recently uh, started doing more consistently and have a part of my process now mm-hmm. that uh, that's been really good for cross-selling. That's awesome. So I'm going to move to yeah. rapid fire questions. So these you can answer with shorter answers if you like. So what's the one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? I think fear of rejection. I think just being that awkward moment where uh, you set yourself out there to be a good broker and you want to help them out and they don't want your business or they don't want to work with you. I think just being afraid that that could happen and be awkward. Um, I think that would be that would be huge. And then what's one thing that's uh, made you think has made you successful? I think consistency, showing up. Uh, we tell all the new guys in the office when they when they get their license and you know they don't have any business, they're often doing whatever. They're hanging out with friends, they're on the golf course, they're and they're, you know they're not they're not being available for business. They're scared to call, so they're scared to show up to the office because they got nothing to do. But being available for that random walk-in or that random phone call in, I think consistency is has helped me get there. That's good. And then uh, if you could recommend a software program for your our listeners, what would it be? Other than you said Revo, so we'll put that, I'll put that in the links, yeah. Revo Docs, but what would be one yeah, other thing? Yeah, so yeah, obviously Revo is a given. It's been huge for me. I think Gmail. Gmail has been huge for my business. I used to be an Outlook guy, and Gmail has been a game changer for me to have you know, my email available at any time, not just on my cell phone and on my, you know, my personal workspace at the office, but anywhere I go. And then all the Google apps that you can get with Gmail, uh, oh, it's helped out dramatically. Oh, yeah, there's definitely some cool things you can do. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? I would recommend E-Myth by Michael Gerber. That book transformed my business for sure. That's a great one. And so here's the last question, one of my favorites, the DeLorean question. You remember the movie Back to the Future? Yeah. So if you could jump into the DeLorean and travel back in time nine, eight, nine years and say, hey, sit down and talk to yourself for 15 minutes to give yourself three pieces of advice so that your business will be bigger to, than it is today, what would you tell yourself? I think just building off my last comment, read EMIS, <laughs> yep. learn how to run a you know a systematic business, mm-hmm. and then create that system. So that would be number two, build it, tweak it, perfect it, whatever you need to do so it's systematic and it works every time. So that same process, just like the McDonald's hamburger, make that happen. And, and then lastly, uh, in the words of Gary Morris, make four phone calls a day. Call people, make it consistent, make it part of your routine. And then just build it into your schedule, whether it's the end of the day, beginning of the day, middle, whatever works for you, make those four phone calls. Right. No, that's awesome. So, Graham, I really appreciate your time today. Where can people find you online? I'm at mortgagecrusher.ca. That's my website. And uh, look me up on Facebook as well, Graham Reimer. Send me a message if you got questions or just want to chat business. That's good, too. Mortgage Crusher. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate yeah. your time. And uh, anybody listening can get notes, links to everything we talked about, and as well as to Graham's site at ilovemortgagebroking.com. Graham, I hope you continue to crush it, man, and have an awesome year. Thanks so much.